0: Hello, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I am excited to be in the same time zone as you again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's always fun for us. But then it's also weird for me because I'm like, oh, let's record at 10 p.m. And you're like, let's not do that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm asleep. Yeah. (laughs) It's better the 5 to 10 as opposed Mm -hmm. to like, you know? Yeah. It like, it messes me up. I'm like, what time? Is happening, <laughs> um, but it's fine, everything is fine, it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, so today I'm I have a story for you, and I definitely think I'm going to butcher like every single name that is on here. Um, but we're just gonna roll with it, we're just gonna roll yeah, with it, and that's gonna be try our best. We'll try our best. <laughs> um, so without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia, I'm Maddie, and welcome to Grim. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the Baba Yaga, oh. um, which I feel like everyone has heard of, Yeah, but Never. to be completely honest, I didn't actually, like, know anything about her until today, or, like, yeah. the last few days when I was doing research, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think I do either. Yeah, I feel like it's, like, one of those things where you're like, oh, yes, the Baba Yaga, like, mythical creature, um, like, paranormal monster kind of a thing, but then you don't actually, like know who she is or what she stands for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is actually really interesting because it's nothing like what I thought and it's not really like any other supernatural creature that we've talked about. Oh. Um, and I will tell you all about that because it really it blew my mind to be completely honest. <laughs> So, yeah, so in Slavic folklore, the Baba Yaga is a supernatural being who appears as typically like a deformed or like ferocious looking woman, like an older woman. Um, And she's tended to be called like an ogress who would steal um, and eat her victims who are mostly children. And I think that's why she gets kind of a bad rap because the whole thing about her is that she steals and eats children, and it's kind of one of those stories that, like, people say, like, oh, don't do bad things or the Baba Yaga will get you. I mean, yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, but, like, it actually it gets so much more wild. Like, you hear, like, oh, she's an ogress who steals and eats her victims, and then you hear that in fairy tales, she typically flies around in a mortar and wields a pestle. Like, you know, like, a mortar and pestle? Yeah, but, I think like, so. Like use it's like crushed stuff. It's like typically okay, yeah. like pesto. Um, like it's just a bowl and like a stick. Like how does yeah. she fly around in that? <laughs> but she does. Um, or sometimes she's known to fly around in an iron kettle. Huh. Like, she's I
1: just going through someone's kitchen and
0: making it fly. <laughs> literally, like, like honestly, like girl boss, like go for it. But. <laughs> Like, You make that mortar and pestle work for you, yeah. And then on top of that, so she's flying around in these like household kitchen items, and she said to create storms as she goes. So, could you just imagine? Like, you look out the window and you see like an old lady flying around in a mortar and pestle, like with a thunderstorm behind her <laughs> like, like, go off, like, good for you, yeah. Um, and then it is. Was- that she often accompanies death on his released souls so like imagine just like your soul is being eaten by this witch in a mortar and pestle wait so nearly released is that like people who've just died yeah so like death will come and get the souls and then she'll like follow behind and eat them dang um which like like, fair enough. Like, I feel like that's a good hunting strategy. If you want souls, like, follow the person who's creating the souls. Yeah, but that's sad. <laughs> yeah, but she's a monster. She doesn't really care, does she? Yeah. Um, And then it gets even wilder, because she's said to dwell deep in the forest in a hut. And the hut is apparently usually described as standing on chicken legs so it's just like a hut on legs and I think it like moves and stuff as well I like it yeah like
1: what a vibe living the like uh, traveling like RV lifestyle
0: before no, I cool. I actually I really vibe with that like a tiny house on wheels yeah um, but it's more eco-friendly but it's more eco-friendly because <laughs> it moves on its own yeah do you think it has to be like fed? I actually I could not like I couldn't find anything about that. Like, does she feed her house, or does her house just like <laughs> go? Like, how do you think power the house? You know? Maybe it's just like magic, and she just like goes for it. Yeah. Um, when she's inside her hut, if you look in, she may be found stretched out over the stove, or like reaching from one corner of the hut to the other. So that's a scary image. I'm not gonna lie to you. Stretched if I out over the stove. Saw yeah, she's just like stretched over it. Like like she's roasting herself. I think she's just like like a in, like in the entire room, you know? Like she's not like standing in like one part of the room. She like embodies the room. Oh. Is the vibe like she fills the space is the vibe okay. that I get. Um and then so she's been known as this like ferocious ogress who'll eat children. But in a lot of stories, she can help the people that she encounters, um, people who seek her out, may find her in a maternal role, or she could hinder them. It, I think it just really depends on her mood. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, again, I really vibe with that. <laughs> um, she has associations with forest wildlife, um, and she's associated as the um, like guardian of the fountain of the water of life. Um, So she just has like 7,000 different roles in society, I think. But her main one is kind of like she rejects the social norms. Like, I don't think anyone who fits into the social norms would live her lifestyle. So (laughs) Um, she is sometimes known as this is where I'm going to butcher it. Um, So, like, the typical phrasing is the Baba Yaga, but sometimes it's known as the Baba Yaga Kostyana Noga, which means bony leg or zelzimi zambi, again, I'm really butchering that, which means with iron teeth. Uh So then she may also sense and mention the Russian scent of those who may visit her. Um, And then there is a particular emphasis that is placed by certain narrators on how repulsive her nose is. I don't know why specifically her nose, but it's also yeah. mentioned that sometimes her nose may stick to the ceiling. Oh. So, I don't know what image you have, but I have a really wild one in my head. I'm not I gonna have just you. like a just like a witch's nose, yeah. Yeah, but it's the part about like the sticking to the ceiling because if you couple that with like the she fills up the space and she's like stretched over, the stove and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what is she doing in her free time? <laughs> I don't know. Just hanging out, you know? Just hanging out. Um, she tends to leave her hut in the morning and returns in the evening. And she commands a flock of black geese that circle the skies looking for children. Oh. Um, the fact that she can control geese is very impressive to me. Yeah, that's fun. Because geese literally come from hell. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> So in the story of Baba Yaga's black geese, there are these two disobedient children, um, Olga and Sergei, who sneak out of their house while their mother is at the market after her mother, their mother warned them not to go out um, while the geese are flying because the geese are like looking for children. Um, Mm -hmm. But they go out anyway because they're children and they're stupid. And Sergei is snatched up and brought back to Baba Yaga's hut for dinner And then Olga saves her brother through the use of magic items and the two learn their lesson about not listening to their mother and all is well. (laughs) But (laughs) that is just one example of how the Baba Yaga is described as like one of those tales of like, listen to me or you'll be snatched up by the Baba Yaga for dinner Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Like a cautionary tale? Yeah, like a cautionary tale. That is a great way of putting it. (laughs) Thank you for the words. Um, I'm glad that one of us can speak English. (laughs) Um, So, going off of that example, um, according to Vladimir Prop's folktale morphology, the Baba Yaga either appears as a donor, which is like the character who tests the hero and provides magical assistance to the hero when they succeed, or the villain, um, or just maybe there, like ambiguously there, both the donor and the villain in the same role. Hmm. Um, so I think this is an example of her being the villain, um, hmm. but then, like, there are other examples that I'll get into later about her being very helpful and kind of like maternal and nurturing almost. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then going off of that, so Doctor Andreas Johns identifies ba- the Baba Yaga as quote unquote one of the most memorable and distinctive features figures in eastern european folklore unquote um it's said that she is enigmatic often exhibits striking ambiguity and is summarized as a many faceted figure capable of inspiring researchers to see her as a cloud moon death winter snake bird pelican earth goddess or totemic matriarchal ancestress female initiator phallic mother or archetypical image she's got a lot of roles <laughs> yeah that i can take away from that like i actually can't imagine another character being like the moon but also death but also like the earth goddess yeah you know what i mean like i just feel like the image that we have of her in like western culture is, like, this one thing, this one, like, scary old woman figure Mm -hmm. who's evil. But if you actually look at, like, who she is, there's a lot more going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, The first clear reference to the Baba Yaga was in 1755 in a book about Russian grammar. Um, So in this grammar book, she's mentioned twice among other figures from Slavic tradition, um, the second of the two mentions is within this list of Slavic gods, um, kind of like the Slavic god, and then their like kind of equivalents, I guess, to Roman mythology. So, like it said, like the Slavic god Perun is equated to the Roman god Jupiter. Hmm. Um, but then, so she's in that, I think, equated to the earth goddess. But then she is also in this other section that doesn't have equivalents. That kind of highlights that she's very unique, in the sense that like she's in Slavic folklore, but like in this in this in her own role, I guess is the way to describe it. Like she is the Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Um, in some tales, there's this trio of Baba Yagas who appear as sisters, and they all share the same name, so they all are the Baba Yaga, but there are three Aww. of them. Um, That's fun. Yeah, I actually kind of vibe with it. Yeah. Um, so there's an example in a version of the Maiden Tsar, which was a 19th century story where Ivan, a handsome merchant's son, makes his way to the home of one of the three Baba Yakas. And in the story it says, he journeyed onwards, straight ahead, and finally came to a little hut. It stood in an open field, turning on chicken legs. He entered, and found Baba Yaga the bony-legged. Fee-fee, she said. The Russian smell was never heard nor caught sight of here, but it has come by itself. Are you here of your own free will, or by compulsion, my good youth? Largely of my own free will, and twice as much by compulsion. Do you know, Baba Yaga, where lies thrice-tenth kingdom? No, I do not, she said, and then told him to go to her second sister. She might know. So, Ivan walks for some time before encountering a second identical hut. And this Baba Yaga makes the same comments and asks the same questions. And then Ivan says the same answer. And the second Baba Yaga doesn't know either and then directs him to the third. It says that if she gets angry with him and, quote unquote, wants to devour you, take three horns from her and ask her permission to blow them. Blow the first one softly, the second one louder, and the third louder still, end quote. So Ivan thanks her, continues on his walk through the woods. um, And then after some time, eventually finds the third chicken-legged hut of the third Baba Yaga. And the third one makes the same comment about the Russian smell before running to try to eat Ivan. And then Ivan begs her to give him three horns. She does that. And he does the thing where he blows softly into the first one, louder into the second, and louder yet into the third. And this causes all these birds to come and swarm the hut. One of the birds is the firebird, and that tells him to hop on its back, or the Baba Yaga will eat him. So he does this, and the Baba Yaga rushes to grab the firebird by its tail, but the firebird leaves with Ivan. And the Baba Yaga is left behind with a fistful of firebird feathers. So... That's the story about the three <laughs> Baba Yagas. Um I don't know where it leads from there. Um, and I don't know why the third one is like made out to be the villain. Yeah, because she wants to eat Ivan. Um but I I don't know. <laughs> she just I think she's just kind of like vibing, you know? Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. Um the Baba Yaga is also in other, like, a ton of other stories. There's, like, the Babiaga and the Zemorshak, the Command of Prince Daniel, Valisha the Fair, um, Realms of Copper, Silver, and Gold, the Sea Star and the of the Wise, um, a bunch of others. And these are, like, the English titles from a translation. Um, so, yeah, she's in literally everything, in different roles in each story as well. Like, the first story about the children, like, she's... The Evil, like, I'm gonna try to prey on you, and the second one, the two, the first two are like, Oh, I'll try to help you, but I don't really know, so maybe go to the second Baba Yaga, and then mm-hmm. the third one is like, I'm evil and I'm gonna eat you. <sighs> um, yeah, just a bunch of different roles. Um, yeah, and I do have a couple of other stories, I think, as well, a little bit further in my notes, but um, I did want to say that there's like this is it's kind of, I, I actually have no idea where this little tidbit comes from, but it's kind of like the Baba Yaga in history. So there's like a description of the Baba Yaga on these woodblock prints from the 17th and 18th centuries. And on the prints, the Baba Yaga can be seen on this pig going into battle against a reptile that looks like a crocodile. And it's been interpreted as this political parody where Peter the Great persecuted the old believers and the old believers referred to him as the crocodile. So like there are a bunch of um, these woodblock prints of the Baba Yaga like Fighting the crocodile, um, which is, I think, where some of these roles come in is like maybe she's not entirely evil, like this man is persecuting um, mm-hmm. these people and she's fighting him. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of other ones where um, there's a ship below the crocodile with the Baba Yaga, and the babayaga is identified in like a Finnish dress because Peter the Great's wife, Catherine I, was referred to as the Finnish woman. So, again, like a reference to maybe her being a protector of some sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some people interpret these motifs as the Baba Yaga being like a shaman instead. Like instead of the crocodile being Peter the Great, it would be the crocodile was a monster who fights witches. And she would be fighting that in some sense. So instead of it being like a political parody, it's like about her in almost like a religious role. Um, Mm. like fighting people who don't think of her as okay Um, but like to be completely honest like both of those interpretations don't really change the image of her from like the folktales so she could be an evil witch that's or um, an unpopular foreign empress like it doesn't really matter Um, Yeah. but in all cases she's kind of seen as embodying female empowerment and independence. Um, which I, I do see, you know, like she's mm-hmm. on her own in this hut and she's living her life. A feminist icon. Um, literally. <laughs> um, and even her name is known as like literally Grandmother Witch. Mm-hmm. So like, even though she's usually the villain of the story she appears in, she doesn't really have a man with her. She does her own thing. She, she sometimes <laughs> offer assistance. Sometimes she's, like, a trickster. Um, She's not really a point-blank villain in a lot of them. Mm. So she retains this, like, menacing character. But a lot of the time she's seen as, like, a source of wisdom and power rather than a personification of evil. And I think that's seen in the story about Ivan as well, where, like, he went to her for advice. He was like, do you know where to find this? Mm -hmm. Um, And even though she didn't really help, she did her best. Maybe (laughs) she was keeping it a secret. Who knows? Maybe she was, like... Go see my sister. My sister deserves a snack. I don't know. <laughs> so the Baba Yaga's best known story is probably the story called Velissa the Beautiful. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. I I don't know how to I don't know how to do this. Um, but in the story, she basically inadvertently frees the heroine from the tyranny of her sisters. So I think like very much like. Sid- Mm -hmm. Um, so in the story uh, Vasila lives happily with her mother and father until she's eight years old when her mother falls ill and calls her to her death ends up giving her this magical doll that's supposed to help her through life and she's told that she must always keep the doll with her um, must keep the doll a secret from everyone else offer it food and water and whenever she faces some challenge um, the doll will help her so after her mother dies, her father marries this other woman who has two daughters. And um, the stepmother is really envious of her beauty. So she kind of abuses her, um, just like in Cinderella, like giving her harsh tasks, um, et cetera, et cetera. Her father can't really do anything about it because he's away all the time on these business trips. Mm-hmm. And she's only able to accomplish these, like, really difficult tasks that her stepmother is giving her through the help of her doll. Um everything continues kind of like that from when she's like literally eight years old to the time that both she and her stepsisters reach the age of marriage and at that point um the stepmother refuses all of her suitors and tells them that she can't be married until her um stepsisters find husbands and then again she's like really envious of her beauty and everything so the stepmother keeps sending her into the into the woods um, on these errands that kind of take place around the Baba Yaga's hut because the Baba Yaga was known to eat children and she was kind of hoping that her stepchild would be eaten um, oh, wow. which is really <laughs> aggressive Yeah. Um, so each time um, she returned safe and sound and her stepmother hated her even more after all of that Finally she is sent directly to the Baba Yaga's hut to ask for fire and on her way to the Baba Yaga's hut she sees three riders on horseback one is in white one is on red and in black and i think it symbolizes like each of them bring twilight sunrise and night so then when she arrives at the Baba Yaga's hut it's just before darkness falls um and the Baba Yaga like demands to know that was there and then agrees Um, eventually to give her fire in return for her doing work. So the Baba Yaga assigns her these other impossible tasks. So this poor girl is just going through it at this (laughs) point. Um, But again, she's able to accomplish them with her doll's help. Um, And then after this, she kind of remains with the Baba Yaga for a while as her servant. But as she's working in this, becomes curious about a lot of things, about like how the world works and stuff like that. And she's ended up being warned by the Baba Yaga that not every question leads to good. Um, Even though the Baba Yaga, like, says, ask what you want, just know that, like, not every answer that you get is going to be good. Um, So she understands this kind of, like, threat to, like, not ask about certain things um, and asks about the riders that she saw. Um, But this kind of enrages the Baba Yaga and demands to know why. Um she's asking this so she responds that she's only doing as the Baba Yaga suggested this kind of infuriates her even more Mm -hmm. Um, and then the Baba Yaga brings up like how she's able to perform all these tasks and she replies very carefully because her mother said don't tell anyone about the doll Mm -hmm. Um, she just says that like her mother's blessings enabled her to do all these tasks and the Baba Yaga rejects anything blessed so tells her to leave Um, that's Which true. without, <laughs> at least she didn't eat her. You know, that's true. <laughs> um, but she sends her home with this skull that contains the fire that she was sent out to fetch. Um, oh, and- she got that. Yeah, yeah. at least <laughs> I think she did good work. You know, she accomplished all the impossible tasks. I feel like she deserves something. Yeah. Um. So she brings this fire home, and then once she brings it to the house, it burns the evil stepmother and the stepsisters to ashes. Oh. Um, which, like, what a twist. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Um, but afterwards, so she and the doll leave the house, she becomes this seamstress, um, and with the doll's help, she ends up impressing the king so much that he falls in love with her and they get married and live happily ever after. Oh. Um, so she gets her happily ever after. I'm not yeah. mad about it. And the Baba Yaga does, like, She's been a little bit evil, but she helps out, you know? It's like, here, take this fire. And then the fire frees her from all the all the horror that she was probably going to endure when she gets back with the fire anyway. Yeah. Because, like, could you imagine? Like, you hate your child so much that you literally sent her out to the babayaka's hut to get eaten. <laughs> and then, like, when she comes back with the thing, like, what are you going to do next? Yeah. What other thing is going to happen? Like, come on. Um, I'm glad that nothing else happened to her because she seems like she... She needed a win. (laughs) Um, So there are other similar stories like that, where, like, um, the frog princess, she plays a role in helping reunite the prince and the princess. Um, There's a story called The Kind-Hearted Girl, where the Baba Yaga is in a similar role. And in all of these stories, more than anything, she's a catalyst for transformation. So, like, yes, she might be a little bit evil. Yes, she might be a little bit scary, but she's always, like, pushing things forward. And I feel like that's really important to have. And it doesn't make someone 100% evil. Mm -hmm. Um, In a lot of the stories, surprisingly, they follow the same paradigm of like the Cinderella story, where she plays the part of the fairy godmother, but like a little bit twisted. But Uh still, like she does it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, she rejects these social norms. And because of that, she kind of changes the lives of people who interact with her um and yeah I just think that's kind of wild that like you never really think about a monster or like a being who's supposed to be a monster in that way you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I swear every single interpretation I've heard of her in has been like oh she's this like evil witch or whatever yeah but you never see her as like someone who's there to make change happen yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah. Um so I have one last thing for you. It's kind of hypocritical about yeah. her. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that like straight up. Like it is kind of hypocritical. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, there's a link between her as the Baba Yaga and the Slavic goddess of the Earth Mother, who is called Iyagi Baba. And I think this link between her um to this earth mother plays a role in how the Baba Yaga is tied to feminism and empowerment. Um, So there's a quote from one of the articles that I read that says, the Slavs ventured the underworld goddess by this name, representing her as a frightening figure seated in an iron mortar with an iron pestle in her hands. They made blood sacrifice to her thinking that she fed it to her two granddaughters attributed to her and that she delighted in shedding blood herself. So I think that's kind of, honestly, like, the way that she's described with, Mm -hmm. like, kind of being this, like, frightening figure. She has the mortar, she has the pestle, and she has two granddaughters. It's kind of very similar to the stories about her flying around in this mortar and pestle and having two sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, the mentions of her, the Iyagi Baba and the granddaughter really reflect the stories about the Baba Yaga, the three Baba Yagas. And I feel like that's probably where it came from. Yeah. Um, and then again, there are interpretations like that where she's the personification of nature, like she's the Slavic version of Persephone. Um, she could be kind of cruel, like a storm, but like in the same sense, a storm is good because it waters the earth. Mm-hmm. She could do the thing where she like breaks the earth, but again, that's like leaving space for um, like farming and stuff like that. So it was never like. All good or all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: feel like um, is it the Greek gods and goddesses are like that too. That are yeah. Kind of yeah.
0: They're both yeah, the Greek yeah. and Roman ones. All the stories are like yeah, they're the gods. Like they're kind of bad, but like they're good yeah. too. Kind of wild. Um, <laughs> I think that really reflects on human nature. You know, like if those are the beings that we're looking up to, I guess we're meant to be flawed. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um. So that's like the first kind of legend of where the baba yaga came from is this um tie to the earth goddess and then the reason i said it's hypocritical is because there's like this other legend that states quote wishing to concoct the most perfect essence of evil the devil cooked 12 nasty women together in a cauldron to capture the essence he gathered the steam in his mouth and then spat into the cauldron without thinking out of this mixture came the baba yaga the most perfect evil end quote honestly I kind of love that yeah literally I'm vibing with it I'm not gonna lie all of the <laughs> interpretations I vibe with <laughs> so in this interpretation she's not a goddess she's like literally originated from the devil <laughs> Um. so again I think the lesson here is that nothing in mythology is set in stone ever <laughs> true everything changes and you don't know what's real and I think you just need to vibe with it just <laughs> roll with it see what happens yeah um, I do think that she's probably one of my favorite creatures mythological oh. creatures at this point because um, I just vibe with her like I also want to be in the forest in my chicken leg RV <laughs> thing giving advice to strangers or possibly being like I don't like your vibes and then tricking them yeah you know? <laughs> I just feel like she'd be cool she'd be a cool friend yeah so, yes, that was kind of wild and all over the place, but it reflects how I'm feeling, and I hope you enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> you have to enjoy it. You can't say that you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Could you imagine one of these days, you're like, I actually hated that story.
1: Actually, no, I did not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really bad. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Do better. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's all that I have for you. Um. Do you have anything that you'd like to add? Questions, comments, concerns? Or do you want to change the subject? Um.
1: I don't think I have anything to add. No. It's really fair. I think that was a good story, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good try. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't know. As a life update, I guess I'm finally done with finals. Woo! Which is nice. Um. Very rude to think that it's my last time, like, having first semester finals on campus no stop I know I was so sad as I like I walked through it like one last time to like get to my last final obviously and get back to my dorm um and I was like oh this is like the last time I'll see campus <laughs> decorated for Christmas because we get yeah we get all decorated for Christmas every year
0: oh that so. actually really tracks being the <laughs> but that's so sad
1: I know it was sad
0: but, but at least it's your
1: last final yeah, at least you don't have to do another, another final. Exactly. <laughs> so I will not be complaining. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for me. Do you have anything? Um,
0: got back home, which is nice. Nice. I was really worried about the flights being delayed. Oh yeah. And they were a little bit, but it was like delayed by like fourteen minutes. Oh. It was just, like so odd. Like it was like, oh, <laughs> just leaving at like twelve fifty nine. Interesting. I was like, just tell me it's leaving at one. What? Yeah, that's actually kind of upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I looked at it and I was like, what do you mean 14 minutes? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And then my other flight from, like, to get back here, I was stuck on the tarmac for, like, an hour. It was ridiculous. Oh, no. Um. Because they, like, they kept on missing, like, their taxi spot and they were, like, coming on the intercom being like, yep, we've missed our taxi spot. We're going to try <laughs> to find another one. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> damn um, but it was okay because the seat next to me was empty and I vibe with empty seats oh that's good yeah so. I actually it did feel really bad though because there was this like couple and one of them was sitting behind me and one of them was sitting like across the aisle and they wanted to sit together but then all the other seats in the section were full and I was not about to give up my empty seat next to me <laughs> <laughs> um, you know you want some you listen you got to take the win yeah fair enough um, but yeah that is my life update for you Um, Do you have anything that you'd like to add?
1: I do not. All right. Do you want to spiel us out? Yeah. Um, So you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. Um, You can like our photos, DM us, follow us. And from our profile, there's a button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us.
0: Yeah, and um, until then, stay safe out there, you guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.